Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. And if you're not already subscribed, head on over to YouTube, search Sports Card Lessons, and hit that subscribe button. I appreciate it. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Another collaboration with Sports Card Therapist, my good friend Rob. Um, we did a live, uh, so if you missed the live, here it is to uh, you listen to it here. It was uh, it was a great episode on being uh, cash heavy versus card rich. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. We had a lot of fun doing it. Without further ado, here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Rob, your sports card therapist, and I have with me Ken from Sports Card Lessons. For me, sports card therapist, it is we're doing another dueling episode kind of thing. Uh, for me, it's episode 209. For Ken, it is episode 123. 123. Yeah. Ken, how's it going, man? Good, man. I feel like I'm catching up to you. You know, you're. <laughs> you think so? That's yeah. that's what I always tell my wife with age. I say, man, you're catching up. You're gonna be laughing me pretty soon. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. So so let me give you guys a little peek behind the curtains here. So I said to Ken earlier this week, I, I was like, Ken, you know, we always talk about doing a joint episode on Thursdays, and uh, and Thursday come and goes, and you never say anything. How come I'm always the one asking you? So basically ken, I'm, I'm sitting here like begging ken to do collab episodes once or twice a month and ken has never once asked me ever to do a collab episode so out of the dozens of collabs we've ever done it's always me initiating i feel like i'm at least i'm the one leading the slow dance <laughs> oh come on man you know it's it, it's i i know you're so busy right you've got You've got, two, you know, two kids at home. You've got, you know, a wife that works outside of the house and full-time job and so many other things you have going on. I, I hate to make you feel bad saying, hey, you're going to come do this and then you got to find an hour out of your week to spend with me. So, Well, here's the thing. I'm dropping episodes on Mondays and Thursdays either way. Yeah. Either way, you know I'm dropping the episodes, but no, I'm, I, I half kid though. It's good to do these collab episodes. I always like to uh, to link up like sausages and uh, and see what can come out the other side, if you know what I mean. So, um, so we have Tony Cousins Collectibles in the house, guys. Uh, shout out to Tony. He is in the comments. He said Ken is too busy making hobby moves. Leave him be. Uh, so Cousins Collectibles, they are actually changing their live night. So they were for forever, or for I should say, like the last seven, seven, eight months, doing their lives on Thursday evenings. But since football reigns supreme over everything, of course, I would do the same. They're now changing to Wednesday night, so they're going to be doing their Wednesday night lives with, I believe, their Thursday with a Thursday morning drop. I believe so. Um, so shout out to them, and uh, you know, look forward to tuning into them after after we log off here. So. What's going on, Ken? How's everything going, man? You've been dropping episodes like clockwork. Um, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about where your podcast is going? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You know, it's always you're never running out of content, always have something to talk about and bring to the masses, which is good. You know, it took some time off from doing some shows. I'll be back behind the table again Saturday. It uh, took some time last. off. You just did the show two weeks ago at East Coast National. I think it was three weeks ago. So if you take off two weeks for you, that's taking off time. Yeah. 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 Well, you look at my schedule of what I do, you know, I mean, yeah. I did go to, I went to the Enfield show this past weekend. Um, and I like to get out. I like to get out to go to shows. I mean, that's, that's where, you know, just, you know, participation, right. I need to be participating, mm. uh, you know, to, uh, you know, stay, stay, um, uh, 
you know, up on what's going on in the hobby. I mean, that's I, I, that's where I get my content to bring to everybody else. It's the things that I see out there, the things I'm doing. And, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's where I make my most deals too. Um, I, I, I find it hard, um, to do deals, you know, through, you know, not at shows. I get a lot more deals done at shows than I do try to do them on Instagram or Facebook or things like that. I tell you, it is crazy how we all hobby so differently because there are a lot of people that are listening to this right now, right? I mean, there's listeners from around the world, right? We have listeners from around the world. We we see the statistics every week. We we have a general idea of where people are tuning in from. And um and for the most part, I would imagine probably i'm going to just make up a number here but i would imagine 75 percent of our listeners rarely ever get to shows and the reason why i say rarely ever get to shows is because it, there are not a ton of shows outside of either the major cities right uh, outside of the major cities or really on on the west and east coast once you take away that, good luck finding a show. And then you start looking at around the world. How many shows do you really think there are around the world going on, right? So there, I think they're few and far between. So what I hear you saying is that your hobby journey, the foundation of it, the foundation of everything you do in the hobby is from going to shows. And I would imagine most of our listeners do not go to shows regularly. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool when you think about that. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my favorite interaction with people is face to face. I, I love going to shows. I love being set up as a dealer. I, I, I like being on the other side of the table. I like that interaction. I like that, you know, the handshake when we're done, things like that. And, um, I know it's different for the younger generation. They, they, they work their magic and, they don't they never need to see or, you know, shake hand, anything. Everything's done with emojis and, you know, online and things like that. But I maybe call me old school. I, I, I like going the other way. I like to be there. I like to I like to pick the card up. I like to look at it, flip it over, examine it, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. Um, so real quick, it, this wasn't even planned that I, I brought up like listen people around the world, but I get a DM the other day from, you know, I feel like daily I'm getting DMs from accounts I've never interacted with before. So they go to my message request folder on Instagram. So it kind of gets filtered out. So I go to this uh, to this message. And I'm just going to read you the first half of it because I'm not going to read you what he had said about the episode he was commenting on. But um, I want to like say hello to Henry Gatz cards, Henry Gatz cards. I get a message request from him and he says, hi, Rob, this is Prit from Talon, Estonia. So he lives in Estonia. If you know where Estonia is, it's, I mean, I had to look on a map. I was like, where is Estonia? And I Googled it and I'm pretty, it, it's in Europe, but it's right on the Europe-Asia line, Northern, Northern Europe. And he said, hi, Rob, this is Prit from Tallinn, Estonia. And I Googled Tallinn, Estonia, and it's like, I think it's the capital of Estonia or one of the major cities. He says, I'm a longtime listener of your content via YouTube. The moment I realized that you love Seinfeld and The Sopranos was the moment I realized that I should give you a follow. I really enjoy the content, so thank you. I was mowing the lawn the other day and listening to your Random Thoughts episode, number 202, I believe. And then he goes on to kind of comment on that but i was like you know i you know as content creators like we we get messages from people they're like oh you know i live here i live there and but to think that someone in northern europe is mowing his grass and listening to like you know like us kind of like banter about cards and what our experience is it's 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 so humbling like i can feel myself like fighting back emotions right now just because of how overwhelmed that kind of feeling is really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we talk about this a lot. I'm just said now I love, I need to go to shows. I want to get to shows and any weekend, any weekend I could get in my car on a Saturday or a Sunday and, and go see a show. Right. And, or go to a show. And I get messages from people that are waiting months and months and months for a show to, to drive three, four five, six hours to go to a show. Um, and, and, you know, we possibly take it for granted on one end, 
But on the other, I just find it interesting that I'm going to these shows and I'm talking about it and people are, are going to these shows through me. Yeah. Right. So, so they're, they're, you know, in, in the Midwest or something like that, but they're, you know, through me, they're attending the East coast national or a last show or a Fenway show, or, you know, like that they're, they're, they're attending that show through me, which is, which is really kind of cool. And they tell me that they send me messages and said, you know, they're, they, they don't get to many shows, but they like to hear about the shows. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we have some people watching right now on YouTube Live. And uh, Orlando, Collector's Dream, says, hello, everyone. I go to card shows once a month. Then the comment right below that from Larry Gitlin. Larry Gitlin is someone who's very active on YouTube. He's I see him, you know, consistently commenting. So he's consuming content on a regular basis. He says, I've been to one show since 2019 National. So there you go. I mean, two comments in a row. One guy says, I go to card shows once a month. And the next says, I've only been to one in the last four years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and and this kind of brings us into our topic, I guess, right? Which is, which is cash heavy versus card rich. Because when I think of that, when I think of cash heavy, I think of going to shows, right? I think of going to shows and saying, I mean, there's no feeling, right? Like, like let's be honest here. There is no feeling, and you walk some shows, you set up at most, right? But there's no feeling like having a wad of cash in your pocket and having your primary goal being leaving with nothing but cards and no cash left. There's no feeling like that. Talk about a kid in a candy store. Yeah, you know. Going out, come you know, going to na the national last year, I I put a plan together, and I took mostly all my card money. You know, at that time, I felt I was card rich, right? And I and I cashed out uh, mostly every card that I had, and I invested all into football, right, to go to the national, and then I go to the national with a plan to sell it all, and then I sell it all, right? I mean. You, you want to talk about a kid in a candy store. I mean, when you go out there and you sell 90%, so, so to me, the plan works. Then I come home, you know, cash heavy. So let me ask you, let me ask you, when you said that you put most of your money into football, knowing that we were going to the national, knowing we were going there to set up, you went there, you sold about 90% of what your inventory was. Let me ask you, what percentage do you think, and I know it's so hard to say every card varies and, and one card you might've made 5% on, but that 5% was actually like two grand. Whereas you could have made 30% on another card that was a hundred dollar card. So I get that. Hmm. But if you had to kind of guess just to give an umbrella number, what percentage on those cards did you make overall? I would probably say on the average, about 20%. Wow. And, and listen, think about it. 20%. If you could put your money into anything, into anything and get a 20% return on it, that to me is pretty good, right? That's, that, that's what most people hope to do with things. But when you take it a step further and say that, now here's the thing, not everyone makes 20%. Let me tell you something. When it comes to cards this year, um, I probably lost 20%. <laughs> I probably lost 20% and I'm not kidding because, so so basically you and I are like feeding this ecosystem that is the hobby, right? And, yeah. and, and so you should just give me your money and I don't even have to go do a card show. I know, I know. So there's a Seinfeld episode where, um, where they're like, so Elaine loses a job. George finds a job. Jerry always turns out even, even Steven. So it was like this thing where they were like always kind of like the world was always kind of in balance somehow because someone was always getting screwed and someone was always like coming up with like this awesome like come up, you know. Yeah. Um, but but and and the reason, and I'm fine with that because I think in the last definitely in the last probably 18 months to two years, I've really shifted from setting up with you regularly and and really making pretty good flips. I was doing pretty decent. I was doing decent. Um, mm -hmm. but to me, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't, you know, I would much rather just get a great card and hold it and keep it. 
And that's kind of what I've done. So, so what I've done is I parked my money into some big cards, but I hold them and I own them and I love them and I feel great about them. And whereas you, you're doing what a lot of smart flippers do. You have your PC, you have your cards that you collect and that you hold, but let's be honest, they're lower end, right? Like, so you're finding like these niche PCs, these niche personal collection type stuff that is allowing you to enjoy the hobby the way that I am but you're also continuing to circulate your money and, and get 20% back. Like that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I say 20%, we're not and like you, you pointed out, it's not on every card. Um, but you know, I, I would imagine you've taken some losses. Yeah. Uh, on the football, I really didn't. And, and I do have to say, I really well, bought you played that. the cycles. Well, though, I bought it. Well, I bought it. I bought it at a very good price when the market was down you know, say if it was down 10, 12, 15% on a card, right? And then I moved it when the market was up, you know, so really for me. Well, to... hold, hold on. Let me jump in real quick. So when you say market, you, you don't mean the overall market. I think you mean like you were playing the cycles, right? So yeah, yeah, you bought playing... football when it was low yep. because it was the off season and no one gave a crap about buying football or no people, one was thinking People were moving football. it. They were moving it to buy something else. Yeah. You know, that's really what it came down to. They were moving it to buy something else. Um, so I was the guy there to buy it from them. And I was buying it at a very good price. And then I just held it. And I think, you know, that's the key in anything is if you could hold it, you know, buy it, buy the card when everybody was, was selling and sell the card when everybody's buying. Right. I mean, I, I said that a, a number of times on the podcast and that's what I did. And, and so, so. You know, even if I was moving that card at 85 or 90 percent, it was really me selling it at 110 or 115 percent. Right. Because if I bought it, if I bought it now, there was some cards that never, never really gained traction. You know, sometimes I just felt like I would rented the cards like I bought the card and then I ended up at the end of the day selling the card for exactly. And I talked about that, the Mahomes 2 p.m. card. Right. It was just like it was almost a wash with that card to you know, to bring it in and, and, and move it back out. And sometimes you run into cards like that. And there's nothing you can do. You can't predict that. Right. So, um, but you know, if you remember the year before coming out of the national, the, uh, you know, the market turned, I mean, the whole market, the whole card market turned and, and, and the prices came down and me remembering that coming into last year, I just wanted to be able to move everything I could. And I talked about this, move everything I could at the national, because what happens if that happens again? Right. I didn't want to come home with all these cards and just watching the values of them drop. Um, and thankfully, they didn't. Thankfully, the the market has really been strong. The card market's really been strong. And it, it's 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 great to see, you know. Yeah. And so when I think of like cash heavy versus card rich, right, because it, it does sometimes feel like that's where a lot of us are. And even if you're not card rich, even if you're not rich in the literal sense um even if your collection in total maybe is worth no more than a thousand dollars if you have a thousand dollars in cards but really you know 50 or 100 bucks to spend on cards to me that's card rich right i mean you have yeah. 10 10 to 20 times the amount of card value than you do in cash so regardless of dollar amount um but i think you and i are really looking and feeling and sounding like polar opposites at this point right yeah. you are cash heavy yep. and i am card rich mm -hmm. right like i'm 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 very happy with where my cards are at the moment i'm very happy with uh with you know the equity that i have in my cards even though am i down on probably most of my big cards probably you know and if i bought it within the last year i'm probably around even but i'm fine with that you know because i have my cards and i have my cards to look at and and one thing that i've really been wanting to do is figure out a way this sounds so funny to even say out loud but i've been trying to think of a way to spend more time with my cards 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and Ken's laughing. If if you're if you're not watching, he's you wanna, laughing. Right I take him to the winery, the vineyard, or take him over to the park. No, listen. I'm like, what I want to do because I have all my cards in my office, right? I have my own office. It's it's just a couple rooms down from, you know, my bedroom. But when I come in here, I try not to spend too much time in here because. Um, you know, wife, kids, and I try to keep it all business when I come in here. I don't hang out in here for five hours at a time kind of thing, you know? So I've been thinking like, do I want to try to display my cards like in my bedroom, like next to my side of the bed, like, so I can just sit there and like kind of roll over and look at them. Like, so I'm, I'm telling you, these are things that go on in my head. I'm like, I really want to be able to do that or something. Then I hear people say, well, what I have is I bought this really nice, you know, $500 Epson, Epson picture scanner, image scanner. And what I do is I take perfect images of my cards. And then I always have those images on my phone I can look at. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool, but it's not the actual card. I mean, I could take a great picture of my cards too and have them on my phone. Um, to me, that's almost like a version of an NFT. You know, it's like I can use it. I can utilize that picture to to look at it if I'm at work, if I'm out somewhere, you know, I could use that picture to post it on Instagram. But at the end of the day, you know, they're really just images we're posting. Like I'm talking about the actual physical card. And I think that's why um, I can never keep my cards in a vault. And I think a lot of flippers or a lot maybe of people that have like super high-end cards and they're like listen i don't even need that in my house um you know i don't need a quarter million dollar card in my house i'm just going to keep it in the vault kind of thing um but yeah i am trying to figure out a way to spend more time with my physical cards yeah i i take whenever i get anything new whether it's pc or it's for you know going to shows i always take pictures of it Right. So I can always go back if I'm talking to somebody, if I'm there with you or I'm there with anybody, I'm talking to somebody, I can go right through the phone. I don't have to go pull a card out or do anything. I have it. Um, but it's interesting you should say that because there are times when in like in the two weeks I didn't go to a show. Now, I, I took some some pictures of my cards and I put them up on Instagram and when I went when it went when I went into my Zion case to get some cards out, I was like, "Oh my God, I forgot about this," you know. And I don't know if you ever do that, but like I pull out a card and it, like it's just it's not on my mind, right? So so I have the uh, I have the 2017 Mahomes the lime green, right? The uh, lime green optic, and I forgot I even had it. Now how how did I forget? Because it's in my case, it's not on the shelf behind me. But all of a sudden, when I see that, I'm like, oh, my heart starts beating, right? I get all excited. It's like, you know, seeing somebody you hadn't seen in a long time, and you didn't expect to see him somewhere, and you did. So that's it's almost a little bit like what what you're saying. You want to you want to you know see them a little bit more often. Them. You want to be reminded of why you fell in love in the first place. Yeah. Like it almost sounds like you're taking your wife out on to dinner and you're like, Oh my God, like you have such a good time. And you're like, this is why we fell in love. You know, it's like, <laughs> but, you, but, but it's like, you want to be reminded, you know, sometimes of, you know, why you spend so much time and energy in this hobby. Right. And it, the hobby makes up many different things, but I don't know. And, and, and to go back, I guess, to what the actual topic of this episode is cash heavy versus card rich. I think the reason why I'm really happy with being card rich is because when I'm cash heavy, to me, my ultimate goal is to get card rich, mm -hmm. you know? So I almost feel like I'm ahead of you right now, but the thing is, and, and not that it's a competition, but the thing is, I don't know if you necessarily want to be card rich, right? You don't want to end up where I'm at. You want to. It's, no, so it's almost I, like we're I, playing, two, we're playing like two different sports here. It feels yeah, like, yeah, you know, I like, feel like you dead end. I feel, I feel like, you know, what you, what you're doing is fine because that's how you want to hobby. Right. And, and everybody's going to hobby differently, but I think, I think where you're at is you want to get these great cards you know, and, and invest in these cards and put them on these. I see all the shelves behind you and, and everywhere. And you want to, you want to look at these cards and enjoy these cards where I like to go set up at shows. So you see, like I figured out who I want to PC, 
And those are the cards I'm going to buy. And those are the cards I'm going to keep. And they're never going to go in my case. And they're never going to travel out of my office or go to shows or anything like that. But then all the other cards I have, I want to be able to bring them and set them up at shows. And even if somebody doesn't buy them, I'm still looking at them. Other people are still looking at them. I'm hoping I'm going to sell them. Right. So I keep the cycle going. Whereas, and we just had this conversation the other day about, you know, how active are you going to be at shows? And what did you say? I'm card rich right now. I don't know what, what I'm going to be, you know, how much I'm going to be putting in my case. I don't know. So, I mean, our, our, our train of thought is completely different right now. You're right. Polar opposite. And it, it, it feels like we're playing two different sports at this point, right? Like, you know, I know one thing I've really, so I'm, I'm, vintage is my first love you know i'm always gonna i'm always gonna have my vintage and i'm always looking at vintage my watch half of my watch list on ebay or pwcc is vintage right but one thing that i've really been doing for the last year is man my eli manning pc and i've talked about it a lot how he has really it's really risen to the top of my pc pyramid and it's because it brings me so much joy brings me so much happiness he's retired now i can i can wash away the agony it's almost like an ex-girlfriend where it's like man that that was a toxic ass relationship but for some reason i only think of the good times it's like you only so <laughs> with me with eli i yeah I, I only think about the good times you know i think about all the games my wife and i went to all the all the giants games i think about obviously the two rings two super bowl rings i think about the playoff runs that he made and and i've been really buying up eli manning gold prism tops finest tops pristine gold um you know gold prism so if anyone out there has eli manning gold for sale please reach out to me on instagram i'm i'm really it, it's i was never a shiny guy up into this last year and it's almost like by collecting eli manning it's exposed me to a part of the hobby that i was never thrilled about I was never thrilled about this manufactured rarity, this, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I think I have a new appreciation for all the shiny stuff and the numbered serial numbered cards because of Eli. Yeah. And, and you know what, it's, it's your PC, but it's, it, it's more to you than just the PC right? Eli means more to you. Eli is part of your life with your oh, yeah. wife and your family and your, and, and I think maybe your dad too, right? Was a, was a giant fan. Yep. So this is, you know, this, this is, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, how, how we connect with cards, right? And you're connecting with a card, but it's really connecting with, with your life, with your upbringing, with your childhood, with your adult adulthood, with your family now and, and, and making that connection. That's why it means so much more to you. That's why you want to put them on the nightstand, right. In the room. That's maybe you want to put them on the mantle in the fireplace or, you know, next to the TV or something like that, or even have, you know, the kids play with them a little bit and, and, you know, just see them and, 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 you know, hopefully they'll be, uh, it'll mean as much to them as it does to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And I know with you, you are someone that your entire life, you've loved collectibles, right? It's always been about collectibles. You've loved collectibles. You've talked about how, you know, you did the whole Beanie Baby thing in the 90s. Then you talked about how you did the whole um, the whole Disney uh, it was the new brand for Pixar, right? And you, uh, toy, toy Story. Toy Story. You, you were yeah. buying up all this rare and scarce Toy Story memorabilia because you were like, first of all, you love the memorabilia. You love the collectibles, but also you, you love the transaction and you've talked to me about that we've had all these conversations i mean the amount of hours you and i have spent in a car together has been unreal we've gotten to know each other so well yeah. but you've talked about loving collectibles loving the transaction loving the bargaining the haggling right and not not in like one of those like bad ways where you have to win everything but but in reality i think when you're talking about negotiation you're kind of jockeying right like negotiating yeah. is kind of like a sport yeah yeah. And you have to, you have to enjoy it. Right. And you have to, uh, 
be able to see things from both sides. And I think that is the hardest part that people have when it comes to transactions and negotiating. Uh, a lot of people only see it from their own side. They, they get focused on what they want. And, and, you know, I, I was talking about, uh, on I, the episode I dropped on, on Sunday, Sunday night, uh, over the weekend about a card that, you know, we were so close and I had to remember I was on yeah. the other side of the table. Right. And I said, look, you know, if I come down 10, can you come up five? You know, like that type of thing. And, you know, when you do that, people are like, okay. And when you really think about it, okay, that five or $10, that, that may be to some people, it may be a lot. But in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to cards and things like that, I, I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a lot. And I think it's, uh, I find it to be more appreciative. And I, and I find that people appreciate me more when it's, when it's a fun, you know, quality negotiating and not, you know, we've been at shows and you've seen this, you know, this, this heavy back and forth, and then people want to start flipping coins and all, you know, and they make it a little fun. You know, I'm a little yeah. different. I, I would rather just talk to people. And sometimes I don't, I don't mind giving a, giving a, you know, giving, giving in if to, to get a deal done, especially if I, one, I want to get the deal done or two, if I really like you. Right. So that's yeah. just the way I am. Yeah. So you've talked about being cash heavy. You've talked about wanting to go to shows and really, and really like do some buying. So what I'm thinking is the most successful flippers that I know in the hobby, what they tend to do is they try, you know, they're always obviously trying to buy under comps. Everyone's trying to buy under comps. Right. But I think when you're, when you're, uh, you know, one of these mid to high end flippers, um, usually you can do it with more regularity i think you have more of the connections you you know exactly what you want you know what you need um so if you were someone that's cash heavy and you can like cash someone out at 80 percent of comps right you cash them out at 80 percent of comps which would probably make the person you're cashing out happy right you're at least not like okay you know what i'm getting 80 percent, but he's taking everything Yep. Then you turn around and you take all that stuff that you got at 80% and, you know, obviously you want to sell, but you also let people do partials, right? Partial trade and partial cash. Because when that happens now, that $1,000 card that you have, Ken, that you only paid 800 for, you know, chances are if someone's paying cash, they're going to want it for 900. They're going to want it for a hundred bucks under comps, right? But if someone comes to you and offers like partial part tr cash, part trade, now you can value it at probably around 1100, maybe even 1200 because it's a it's a thousand dollar card. Mm -hmm. So if someone's coming to you and they're like, Ken, I have part cash, part trade. What can you do? And you're like, well, if you give me 1100 for the value, then we can do something rinse and repeat. And I think that's what a lot of these flippers do. They're able to buy cards at 80% and they're able to move them at 110 because of the partial and because they're getting as much value out of it as possible. So when you know of people that operate like that, what do you think helps them be so successful versus the ones that like try to do that and, and can't figure it out? I, I mean, I, I'm probably one of those people who try to do it and, and and is trying to figure it out. But I think, I think the 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 biggest thing here is their connections, is the people that they're connected to. Um, people don't. I'm going to try to say this as nicely as possible. People don't bring their crap to them to try to cash out of, of dead inventory, right? People are bringing them solid cards that they know, you know, that could be for all intent and pur purposes liquid, but a card that's going to move pretty quickly. And I think when they're in that lane with those connections, it's very easy to bring those cards in and move those cards right back out, rinse and repeat like that. And I think someone like me who has never cashed anybody out at 80%. Um, Kamikaze Sports Cards says that Jason Dominguez, the Martian, just hit another home run. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Right during this right now. Unbelievable. 
Jason Dominguez. He this is only his fourth game up, his Mm -hmm. fourth game ever in the majors. At 16, this kid was signed. Okay, Jason Dominguez, he was signed at 16 by the New York Yankees. Now he's 20. He's breaking all sorts of records and Yankees records by being the youngest to do this, the youngest to do that. He's breaking mantles that like um records that like Mickey Mantle has held for 60 years. So unbelievable. I can't believe you just hit another one. Kamikaze, thank you for that, man. Sorry so my, about so, that. Ken. So my first Bowman mojo, PSA 10. Should I should I be selling yeah. that now or should no, I you be should be giving it to me consigning it with me <laughs> that's what you should be doing okay yeah. that would look yeah. nice in my Yankees PC so <laughs> sorry I, my face just you you stopped in your tracks I know because you saw my face when I read the comment I just you were like what's wrong yeah. um so so what you're saying is somehow somehow people are getting People yeah, look, are getting this I, reputation. I They're the getting show. the reputation that I buy, and I will cash yeah. you out. So yeah. the question is, how do you how do you plant the seed for that reputation, Ken? If you want that reputation of cashing people out because you're willing to do so because you're cash heavy, how does that start? I, well, it's I'm going to start with cashing people out, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to start cashing people out because um, word spreads. You go to these shows and there's a handful of shows. There's a handful of people we know. I don't need to start naming people, but the people come to them. They'll walk in the show. They'll go through the front door. They'll pass by me. They'll pass by you. They'll pass by 80% of the people in there and they'll go right to certain people and open up their case and say, you know, are you buying or it's all for sale? And I'll hear the conversations. I know the people I've set up next to them and they'll say, yeah, you know, at like 75, 80% I'm buying as long as you're okay with that. And they're like, oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, I get people come to my table and they're like, are you buying? I'm like, I try that. Yeah. 75, 80%, 75%. Oh, forget it. They just keep walking. So I'm like, oh, oh, I can't say that anymore. I just have to say yes. And, and then start the negotiating from there. Right. So I, I try to be that person, you know, to, to, and I try to emulate the people that I see are doing this and they're yeah. doing it that I think they're very successful at it. And a couple of them, I've talked to them and it's the same thing. It's just having the connections, right? It's just having the people, knowing the people and having that rapport with people that you've cashed out already and they come to the show to cash you out. So that's, I'm, I'm close, you know, I mean, these people have been doing it a little longer than me. They have more connections. They're a little bit more trusted and, and you know, I'm looking to, you know, kind of be that guy, you know, moving forward or somebody that people are comfortable with bringing me their cards and let, giving me an opportunity to cash them out. Yeah. And and I think what I've seen that people do that have the most success with doing it, right? If they know they're going to a show, right? If you know you are going to the East Coast National, Ken, whether if it is to set up or whether if it is to walk it, okay? What you want to do is maybe two or three days in advance, post on your story or post it even on your actual Instagram profile itself, in big letters, in big letters, cashing out, cashing people out, boom. And then you put want list, you know, currently buying. And then you write exactly what you are buying. You get very specific with it because when you do that, I think that's when people really get drawn to it. And then people, if you post that in your story, you post that in your profile, you know what's happening is, do you know how many people send me Eli Manning cards for sale? I'm not finding these Eli cards. They're getting sent. The the people are middlemanning it for me. And it's not like I'm getting a discount on these cards. But what happens is people start sending them to other people. So if you're like, I am buying Mahomes heavy. I am buying hockey heavy. Boom. You know what's going to happen? All takes are one, two, or three hockey people. And they're going to start sending it out to everyone in their community. And all it takes is one hockey guy who's never heard of you. You've never heard of him. You've never laid eyes on his cards. He doesn't even know what your Instagram profile looks like. But now you're getting connected via the internet. Thank you. <laughs> hey, little mic drop. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So thank you very much, Elon Musk. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so I, I think like that's got to be it. And then what? Ha- and then and then when the time comes and you find a good enough and you find a good enough score and you're like, oh man, you know what? Like, do it. 
when it feels good and you know in your mind your your, your mind might be raised like oh my god am i gonna drop 7k on buying out this guy's collection like this is kind of this feels kind of nuts this is foreign territory to me if it feels good and the numbers make sense for you take that slight risk yeah. now that's a lot different than what some i've seen other influencers say like not sure what you want to do with your life mortgage your home and invest in sports cars like i've seen people give out terrible life advice right i've I've seen people like like yeah man not sure about college or sports cards do sports cards all you got to do is summon it and just and it'll come to you or you know like all that crap your wife she'll thank you later (laughs) exactly exactly but like what i'm saying is like for you if you are cash heavy and you are looking to buy like it might mean taking that little bit of risk right and kind of jumping in Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way I feel. And, 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 you know, trying, trying going to be a little different, going to be a little different going into this fall season. You know, this is to me, I mean, I know obviously the nationals a busy time, but I think the fall season right now, this September, October, September, right through to December is, is, you know, you know, this is really busy. These are like, like the big shows, um, in our area that uh, do very, very well. Listen, so this, we're, we're going to blink our eyes and it's going to be New Year's. Yeah, we're going to see exactly what's going to happen. Five list again. <laughs> 100%. And I'm going to be saying, guys, what are the cards that you want? What are the cards that you want? That's what's going to be happening. But without a doubt, man, like, like you said, between the big shows, between the holidays, between yep. getting together with families, right? All the fall activities. I feel like there's more activities to do in the fall than there is to do in the summertime. You know what I mean? Like it really ratchets up. And you love, for the most part, being outside because the weather is just incredible. Mm. No, if you like that sort of weather, I'm happy with it now with 95 and humidity. I like that. I like the heat. Get out of here. You're I happy did. with 90. You would take 95 and humid over 70 and breezy? Absolutely. 100%. Oh my God. <laughs> we, we could not be more polar opposites man I, listen, <laughs> listen i am like your typical uh white girl meme where they're like you know give me chili nights and give me pumpkin spice lattes i'm like listen you you're damn right man i want to go to dunkin donuts i want to get me a single pump of pumpkin swirl not like four okay. pumps like it calls for just a single pump just, just a enough cup of to sugar. Wet my whistle what was that just a cup of sugar just get a cup of sugar and pour no, it in. Listen, a single pump. That's listen. I I I don't feel too guilty about that. But yeah, yeah. man, I love all the summer stuff. You know, give me campfires, give me hoodies and cargo yeah. shorts, and yeah. love all that, man. Yeah, but this is the time. This is the time of year that the you know all the shows, you know, and uh, going to try things just a little different. You know, I'm going to I'm going to make a bigger sign that I, you know that I'm buying, and 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 well, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's just going to you know. It, People really know me now at these shows as I set up at so many shows that if I don't set up, I'm walking the show. So I know so many people now that that I think I'm very close to getting to the next level and in, in, in being a guy that people recognize and, and you know, want to come and do business with. So, yeah. Yeah. No, without a doubt, man. Yeah. Um, well, listen, man, we're at the 45 minute mark. Um, you know, you've been a lifelong Chiefs fan. Right. You're not a ba- you're not a bandwagon guy. You're not a guy that just started, mm-hmm. you know, rooting for them in the last couple of years. You've and and your 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 initials for God's sakes are KC. <laughs> right. Your initials. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm RG, you're KC. So it only makes sense. Yes, lifelong KC fan. And uh finally have something to uh to uh, cheer about right and and i talk about living in new england and living around giants fans and jets fans and patriot fans right so finally you know now it's now it's the chief's time time to shine so and, and you know it you know what makes this hobby even better is football season and fantasy football i mean a hundred percent right it just and and i think i think fantasy football makes us better hobbyists Right. Because we have to take the time and know every player from every team. And it helps us when we're, uh, you know, I, you know what I should do before. If I want to get into basketball, I was thinking I should I should get up, get into a 
basketball fantasy league. And then this way I would have to get out there and know who every single player is. And it would make me a, a better hobbyist in, in basketball. See, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that knowing every player in the sport doesn't mean anything. I mean, does knowing every single player in the NFL for you make you a better football card purchaser? I mean, you already know the top five guys you're looking for. Outside of probably five names, you're probably not buying football, right? Well, maybe, I mean, maybe that's all I need in basketball is just the top five names. Definitely. So I'll write that. I'll scribble that on a napkin for you next time I see you. So like you're not you're not going out and buying Tyreek Hill rookies, right? No, you're not buying Tyreek Hill. No, you know, so it's like Tyreek Hill is arguably probably the, the guy, second, the guy second. you took on every fantasy football league this year. I did. I, I didn't even plan it like that either. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill is arguably the second or third best wide receiver in all of football. Right. I mean, obviously there's Justin Jefferson, there's Jamar Chase, you know, you got a lot of your young guys, but at the end of the day, Tyreek Hill's probably going to, mm, I don't know, actually, because I'll tell you, Jefferson, man, is a stud. <laughs> Jefferson, he's a stud, man. The only thing is, I, I don't trust uh, Kirk Cousins. So, you know, I think it's just really quarterbacks, you know, top five quarterbacks. And, and that's who you're going to well, buy. I, and same thing I, with basketball, I guess. I, I, I think their, their problem out there in Minnesota is that they got rid of their, you know, Dalvin cook and, and their running game has declined. So there's going to be, you know, before it gave cousins a lot of time to throw the ball, right? Cause you, you, you weren't playing, you didn't know if you were playing run, but I think now they're going to be playing more pass this year. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a tough year for Minnesota and for Justin Jefferson. And I tell you, I don't see a world in in where Justin Jefferson doesn't just like straight up get double teamed. Who mm. who was the wide receiver? I'm trying to think because very rarely ever will you see like a wide receiver straight up double teamed. Like you'll see a lot of times the safety moving over to help the cornerback. But yeah. wasn't there a receiver a couple years ago? Well, it's that just was, like saying Kelsey. Why don't they double team Kelsey? No, <laughs> yeah. You, Every every person on the field is so important. You can't yeah. afford to double anyone. Yeah, I mean they have but a lot I of. Feel weapons like there was there. someone that was getting double teamed. Was it DeAndre Hopkins? Was it Michael Thomas? No, I'm trying it to. May have been D Hop. Yeah, it might. I'm. I remember there being like a few games where I'm like, they are like, there's two guys on him right now. It almost looked like a punt return. <laughs> you know what I mean? It looked like, like a punt return. Gunner. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? But that's, uh, I guess when you're a goat, that's what'll happen. Yeah. And that's why so many, I talk to so many flippers, right? Um, that they're, they're always, so I could remember Ryan Reservoir card, shout out to Ryan, friend of both of ours. Right. And I could remember talking with him at the Foxwood show last year. And he's like, ah, oh, man, you know, I'm, I forget who he said he was buying up. He's like, oh, I'm buying up Adrian Peterson, man. Like, I just don't see a world in which, like, he's not like the hobby is going to come around and realize what a goat he is. He's like buying him up, uh, buying up Randy Moss, you know, buying up Terrell Owens. And I'm like, I'm like, awesome. Like, I think that's great. But if you're looking at it as an investment, I, f I almost feel like if you were a flipper or an investor, you're going to lose patience holding those cards before those cards ever go up. I think the only people that benefit from goats like that are people that are absolute collectors of those players. And Hey, the, the sun just shined on, on that guy and, and, in the hobby. So guess what? It yeah. paid off that you were an Adrian Peterson collector because now, you know, his cards are actually really high. Yeah. And it's like, like Dominguez, you know, say I told you I have a card probably full of dust in the closet, the PSA 10. And I see it at every show. And I remember getting that card and coming back at 10, thinking to myself, oh, my God, I hit the lottery. Right. And then realized that it was going to be a long time before. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing I've learned about baseball, though. These guys, you know, their cards could be crap for, you know, two years, three years. And then all of a sudden, you even know, like, longer than that. Yeah. Even longer these cards. And then they will be like, oh, this is the guy to buy. I'm like. Are you kidding me? I saw this cards like three years ago. Like, oh, I should have held them longer. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, listen, best of luck to uh your Chiefs. I know they they play Thursday night, which is tomorrow at the time of this releasing tonight. Um, and uh, you know, my Giants are playing Dallas Sunday night, you know, yeah. week one. I feel like it's always Giants Dallas in prime time, which is okay by me. I'm I'm usually not 
ever very confident. I'm never cocky with the Giants. Yeah. Never cocky with them. Um, but Look, I, I am feeling it? confident. I really yeah. am. I feel like we might steal the division this year. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, like I, I'm not saying Super Bowl, but I feel like we're we're kind of sneaky. I feel like we're sneaky good. So they're going to be good games. The East is going to have some good games, and even this weekend. I mean, I know your Giants are Dallas, and then what do we? Monday night we have uh, Jets oh, and Jets. Bills. I mean, we got we got we got some great football. You got some games for five days. Yeah, games. So, oh. I'm, I'm pre- and I'm getting ready, and I'm getting ready for a show on 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 Saturday. You know, so yeah. So La- Laz is having his show right uh, this coming yeah. weekend. So you're doing the Laz show. I was going to do it with you. You and I both got tables, but I'm not going to be there. You're taking my second table. Yeah. Um, you're taking my table to be your second. So, uh, so definite shout out to Laz. Laz has been a friend of both of ours for, you know, going on a few years now. So, um, you know, much love to him and his store pop century collectibles in Oakland, New Jersey. So with that being said, guys, I got nothing, anything, uh, anything on your end. That's it. Just if you're, uh, if you're in New Jersey at the last show, come see me. If you're, uh, if you're cashing out of your, uh, of your cards, Come see me. <laughs> I'll be I'll be the guy right by the front door at the last show. Listen, I have people in the comments already, guys. I we appreciate all the comments from you guys throughout the show. We appreciate it um very much, man. I've been putting up on putting them up on the screen but des says that is cocky i'm a giants fan and i'm very careful about predicting listen i never predict but i think i'm drinking the giants kool-aid this season man you know with with you know waller and and daniel jones taking yet another step seeing what he did with the new system last um last year brand new system last year and he minimized so many mistakes now this is going to sound pretty stupid and captain obvious what i'm about to say but i feel like he's so close to doing it Really, all he needs to do is convert these drives into touchdowns. He needs to finish these drives, and I think he can do that. I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to finish these drives, and when he does, uh, they're going to turn into a lot more W's than we're used to. Kamikaze Sports Cars says, Giants, Jets, Super Bowl. (laughs) Kamikaze says, Ken's buying at 50%. (laughs) (laughs) Buying heavy at 50%. Yeah, no one's ever going to come see me now oh man but yeah man listen appreciate you very much ken appreciate everyone for uh uh you know tuning in everyone that's here live in the chat we appreciate you guys very much uh, ken and i now just we drop on the same days right now mondays and thursdays i know both i mean people get to listen to us back to back and now cousins would be dropping too it'll be like back to back to back right yeah absolutely absolutely yeah um all right guys with that being said thank you very much for tuning in uh take care of yourselves and your collection uh take care of yourselves and everyone around you thanks rob